was a, an Olympic athlete, an athlete who competed in the Olympics, who in a previous um, competition didn't do very well and was make, made a comment on their social media about how it was their style that the judges don't um, don't don't score favorably, mm. and complaining about why people from this style don't win or don't score. And um, my response to that type of thing is, do better. G'day guys, it's Shane from Crotiva Coffee with a, another special guest, Michael Hagen from Apex Performance Karate. Did I get that right? No, Apex <laughs> Karate Performance. Oh, I should have written it. I should have written it down. But mate, this is a uh, a podcast, a very professional podcast. So absolutely, uh, I only do. Uh, I'm only guests on professional podcasts. Yeah, well, uh, you, you'll you'll get your money very shortly. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you my PayPal link here shortly. Yeah, it's it's all the sweet, sweet money we get from running podcasts. <laughs> now, uh, now I, I did steal that sweet, sweet podcast reference from another podcast, another karate okay. one. Yeah, we want to make sure that we get proper attribution. That's correct. I think it was a, the Karate Cafe. Karate Cafe, okay. Sweet, 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 sweet money. So yeah, because they're, <laughs> they're rolling it just like you and I. You, you run your own podcast. Yep, I, I started a podcast earlier this year and uh, I'm still waiting on my, my check to clear. So uh, we'll oh, see how much sweet, sweet money I get. But yeah, uh, It'll be in there shortly, mate, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. It's the merchandise, that's where we make the, the serious cash. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Because I've sold two shirts and a mug now. It's They are flying off the shelves. <laughs> but uh, so for that those who don't... Yeah. The, the t-shirts that we buy ourselves, does that count? Oh yeah, I have ten of those, so I'm I'm down money. <laughs> I'm negative, negative hundreds of dollars plus the camera, the microphone, the yeah. um, you know the storage, yeah, parking it, the the ten hours a week I spend on it, like I'm just rolling in the cash. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, for those who don't know don't know you, Michael, uh, do you want to give yourself a quick intro? Yeah, absolutely. Again, my name is Michael Hagen. I'm the uh, head coach here at Apex Content Performance. Um, was a, a previous US national team member a long time ago, competed in Team Kata, uh, bronze medalist in the 1999 uh, Pan American Championships in Havana, Cuba. Uh, after stopping my personal competition, I, I transitioned kind of to uh, Okinawa and Kobodo, Yamane Ryu specifically, which is one of my focuses still today is Yamane Ryu and uh, I practice uh, Shimaha Shorinryu uh, Karate under Oshiro Toshihiro-sensei, uh, currently living in Okinawa. He was living in the United States for a long time. Um, a few years ago, uh, I started Apex Karate Performance, kind of, and the concept behind that is to have an avenue to help um, people who want to compete at the next level for, mm -hmm. for them, or at a higher level, whether it's at the national level or at the international level, whether they want to compete in WKF events or try to get on the national team. And I've been working with uh, athletes from a variety of different styles, uh, athletes in uh, several different countries right now, uh, predominantly in the United States, but we have one athlete that I work with in France. I have an uh, athlete in China, uh, an athlete in Japan, 
and uh, just trying to to help everybody uh, realize their goals. Yeah. As they move forward. Now the um, now I'm humbled that you asked me to be one of your athletes, but I'm I'm just too old now, mate. I'm 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 too old to do <laughs> well, that. Age is a state of mind, and you may yeah just that keep that keep that thought. You may hear more about that later. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe my my body is that of an 80 year old. So uh, that I know on another podcast, you're talking about when, when people mimic their 80 year old sensei and they do an 80 year old karate. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, I've got a young looking face, but I'm, my body is an 80 year old. So (laughs) I feel sorry for my students. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I understand. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that really intrigued me, and why I wanted to, you to come on is, is one, I mean, the Olympics just wrapped up. Uh, if you're listening to this, this is maybe a week and a half, two weeks after the Olympics. Uh, and also the fact that you practice Shorunru and Shimaha Shorunru, and, but you still coach elite kata athletes for competition kata. That, yep. That, um, doesn't sound like they work together, but but you do. So, uh, f- first question is: well, let, Let's just talk about the the Olympics. Um, okay. Uh, first, um, what were your thoughts overall? Uh, in general, not just cut the competition. Yep. You know, I uh, well, first of all, I have to you know kind of pimp my own Apex Scott's Performance Podcast. So, just last week, I <laughs> believe I released a. Uh, after action report podcast, so you definitely go check that out. You can you find it. I'll on, listen to it. Yeah, on, uh, all of your favorite podcasting platforms. But uh, so definitely go check that out. Uh, but in general, I think it was a success. I believe that it was a good representation of where WKF level karate is right now. Hmm. Um, was it perfect? No, absolutely not. I think that um, it also provided the example or the ability for we to, to, to step back from the WKF to see what's working and what can be improved. Mm. Um, in my podcast, I talked about some of the the, the successes and some of the, the some of those issues. And you know, I, I again, I, I was a kata athlete. The majority of my athletes are, are kata athletes, and so that's kind of my 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 big emphasis. And for the most part, I thought the kata was very well. Um, and you can see, especially if you followed the qualifying uh, journey, if you will, over the last couple of years. And then if you really look at the Paris qualifying event in June was a big one for me. You can see a big skill gap, if you will, between those actual, the people who competed in the Olympics and pretty much everybody passed 10 or 15 down on the rankings. I mean, there's some, some other ones, but when you start to get down there, you, you can actually see the big disparity. And so, you know, if we were talking about competition for, for Kata, I think overall it was a success. Some of the things that you highlighted in your podcast, for example, the, uh, what was your phrase? A smoldering looks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with that completely. That um, when, uh, I'm speaking with my athletes, you know, they, a lot of my athletes are younger in their late, 
mid to late teens or early 20s. And so yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just want to point out, like, it's, I'm not saying everybody did that. Not everybody did. I mean, there was only a very small, a couple of people who did it. Right. And so you're absolutely right. And so, uh, and, and let me, let me just, I'm going to come right back to that in a second. So, but I've had where my athletes who look up to some of these athletes mimic that type of behavior, yeah. mimic the, mimic the squinting eyes and the, the, the stare. And I have to, I almost have to scold them in the dojo or when we're training to, to knock that off. There's, that's uh, a theatrics that doesn't belong in karate and you can win, you can do good karate and you can do good kata without those theatrical elements yeah. as witnessed by, like you said, not all of them did that. And if you look at, um, on the male side, we had, um, uh, I mean, Kuna did some, but Somebody who didn't was uh, Ali from Turkey, yeah. right? Shodan practitioner had almost no embellishments or exaggerations. Mm. He just did a straight, clean, strong Shotokan kata. He had good facial expressions. He had good, good movement, and it was a nice, clean kata. On the female side, a good example is Grace Lau from Hong Kong, mm. who, who had very minimal like exaggerated faces or exaggerated like squinting eyebrows or, yeah, or she, anything like that. I really lo I, I loved her movement. It was so clean. I, I, I was really surprised. I hadn't heard of her before, but man, I thought, uh, I thought she was great. So Grace, I, I will say that Grace is one of my favorite athletes to watch. Mm. Um, I've seen, I, I first started watching Grace in, 2017 maybe 2016 or 2017 and i remember a uh, i think it was a salzburg premier league event to where she beat all three of the top japanese athletes you know that's the level of, of competition that, that that she brings and, and and so it was a great to watch her but she like like i said she was one of the good examples and ollie was a, an example without a lot of those exaggerations or embellishments so mm. I think those were some of the successes, you know, also like in your podcast, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the stomping and, you know, that, that has become, uh, that comes uh, predominantly, I think from the influence of some new ADU kata yeah. where that's part of their power, gener their principles, their concepts of power generation. Mm -hmm. However, it has been overly exaggerated. When you look at what they're doing, like Kiuna does not stomp unnecessarily there's not a lot of that excessive stomping but it's become over exaggerated because people think that he's just stomping when he, when he's actually not mm. so um when, when both you, feet are landing at the same time wow in, and, um, or he's he's putting his foot down and he's doing it but he's not stomping mm. his back foot for example yeah yeah um, and and you can still get that that what their concept of power generation is you can still accomplish that technique so, you know, Kumite overall, I think was, was good. You know, it comes back to, again, a lot of refereeing. There's a lot of, like I talked about on my podcast, there's a lot of room for, for improvement in the yep. refereeing. Uh, there was, obviously, you've probably seen some of the hubbub, the last match of the day of the yep. competition was the, the uh, plus 75 finals between the Iranian and the Saudi. Um, and what I have to say is that is I actually don't, it's a tough call for the judges. Mm. And I actually think that it was the right call based on the rules yeah. that we have. And, uh, 
you know, some people say, well, he was faking or doing whatever. And I, I, I don't believe that he was faking um, because when he, when there was contact, he dropped immediately. Mm. It was, it was not, I mean, it was an instantaneous drop. Um, people say it was Mubobi and, you know, whether he was going, I don't, I don't, I didn't see it that way. I've looked at the videos multiple times. I've looked at screenshots or still shots. And, you know, I don't think it was Mubobi. Like he was intentionally charging in mm. to, to, to get his face kicked. Well, so, I mean, yeah, whatever the end result was going to be, whether he gets disqualified or doesn't get disqualified, there was always going to be a loser. And right. there was always going to be contention. Right. So, and, and so even, even more than that, even more than the final call, what my issue with is, is that in the very first scoring point technique of the match, yeah, the, uh, hook kick. the hook kick that hit the back of the shoulder, right? Yes. I referenced that in my, to me, that's a bigger concern mm. than the, because that's three points right there, right? I mean, that, that set the tone of the match and that would probably would have been the deciding thing for a technique that didn't even score, didn't even come close to the head. And yet all four flags went up. Yep. And then it's being highlighted over and over again on the yep. television in slow motion when they show the replays. Yep. And so to me, that's, to me, that highlights the, uh, a larger systematic flaw. Yeah, this slow motion wasn't, wasn't a friend of karate. Um, it, whether it's Kado or Kumite, especially in, in Kumite where you see, you see the fist, the, the, the massive glove, the huge glove going past the target and still getting scored. Yeah, there's, right. but I don't have an answer. So that's where, you know, I, and again, on, on that one, I, I don't have the answer. Uh, I think it comes back to training by the judges. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see like W, I'm sorry, uh, Taekwondo style pad sensors and pads because yeah, that yeah. just technique. So it comes back to the ability of the judge, the judging, excuse me. Mm. As far as kata slow motion, we, you know, we, we, we joked about it a lot, but um, one thing that um, I will say is in some ways the slow motion is not your friend. However, I would challenge anybody to go out and do their kata in front of those type of cameras and then sure. slow it back slow motion yeah. Yeah. and tell me how it looks like. Yeah. And yeah. if, 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 there's if if somebody is going full out like doing their best kata that they've ever done in their life and it's better than what the uh, olympic athletes were then absolutely well the karate uh, according were, to a lot were, of the critics out there their kata is better so uh, you know well and that's where again i would challenge yeah okay, yeah. okay get get a step away from facebook and Go out, do some training, and set up some high definition cameras, and record yourself, and play it back in slow motion. You and know, well, in our from that from that slow mo, I've actually started using it in my in my classes to to look at the 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 movements, just to because from the naked eye looks pretty good, but when you put it in slow mo, the elbow starts coming out, or the fist is turning too early. Or, so it's actually been a really great tool for me. So absolutely. I, you know, if you've, if you've watched any of my other videos or podcasts, listen to my podcast, whatever I am, you'll know that I'm a, a big fan of video recording. Mm. I was just training with one of my athletes on Wednesday and I told him that I wanted him to start recording himself every other day or every two days. 
and go through and look. I record myself frequently yeah. and I see things that I'm doing. For karate. For karate, yes. Okay. I mean, uh, I w we won't talk about my, my OnlyFans website. That's, that's later. Yeah, that's where the sweet, sweet money comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where, that's where, how can I afford to do all this? You know? Yeah. It's, it's OnlyFans.com slash. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, I catch things that I do myself frequently yeah. by recording it and then actually going frame by frame. If I'm doing it on my phone, mm -hmm. I will sit there and I'll scroll through frame by frame or I'll put it on my laptop and I'll go frame by frame. Oh, mm -hmm. and I've caught where I'm, you know, if, and depending on what I'm focusing on mentally when I'm doing my training, if I'm thinking about how my body moves and I'm not connecting my arm or my shoulder, and then my arm does something different. Uh, you know, a few months ago, for example, I'll, I'll use this. I went on a work trip and I went to the hotel uh, yoga room and I was set my camera up to record a couple of kata and I was, I was doing it. And uh, I mean, obviously it was for, you know, social media posts. That was, that was the whole purpose, right? So, <laughs> I mean, who needs to train? I just, it's just got to look like I'm training. But if it's not um, on Facebook, did it really happen? Did it really happen? Mm -hmm. Did it really happen? No. Yeah. I mean, and Facebook really, come on. Only old guys use Facebook. It's all for Instagram oh, or something. Damn it. So, uh, so, um, so, but when I was doing that and I went back and looked and it was like, well, first I was like, well, I can't use that on in my Insta. I can't use that on my Insta. But more importantly, I saw how I was, I was, I was doing something. I was moving my body one way, but I wasn't focused on what my arm was doing. And so my arm was coming out mm. almost, you know, my, my elbow was separating from my body. My arm was coming out and then my body would move. And then my arm was still there, like hanging there in space. And then I would try to punch. Yeah. And so when I saw that on the video and I realized that I had done it in a couple of videos, then I was like, okay, stop, let me go back. And now I have to retrain. I have to think about, it. I have to work through this movement again to fix that. Well, I think it, when I'm listening to your podcast as well, it's a lot of it is self-correction, you know, and if you're not, if you can't self-correct yourself, self-correct yourself, if you can't do self-correction, then you're really going to struggle if, if your end goal is, you know, as an elite athlete or even, even to win a local or state or national competition. Um, so you're absolutely right. And I talk about that a lot. Also, I call, I term it self-awareness of mm. both uh, of, of what you're physically doing. And yeah. that is also a, there's a, how to describe it? There's a learning curve involved with that. You have to know what you're looking at first. If you don't know what you're looking at and you just look at what you're doing, you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing what Sensei told me I'm doing just fine. And so there, there has to be that initial awareness. And that's what I try to instill in my athletes when we're training is I give them the concepts and I talk about those details. And then once they understand what those details or those concepts are, yep then they can do it on their own. One thing that I ask my athletes a lot of, well, well how did it feel that time? Mm. Did it feel different than the time before? Oh yes, it felt much smoother or much easier. I felt much more relaxed on that time. And so it's not so much just about the technique itself, but it was how they physically felt when doing it as compared to, or after the correction, versus compared to how it felt when they were doing it, I would say incorrectly or um, not very efficiently. Mm, and that's, 
So those concepts and principles and, and movements are how you teach elite athletes, regardless of if they're Shtoru or Shotokan or Goju background. Yes, exactly. And so, like I said, I do Yamane, Yamane Chinenyu, Bojutsu, and Shimaha Shodenyu. Originally, I started in Shtoru. But my athletes and people that I've trained have come from a variety of backgrounds. Several are studio, uh, some are Okinawan goju Ryu. Uh, one was uh, originally Shodenkan Shodenyu, so mm. more Kobayashi lineage rather than uh, the Matsubayashi lineage that mm. I, I, I come from. And so depending on what they're doing, what kata they're doing, um, and I've even trained a, a couple of Shotokan people. And so, uh, depending on what they're doing, what I'm talking about may not be style. I, I try to avoid somewhat style specific things, yeah. but things that can be uh, concepts to improve body mechanics or biomechanics, how to move more efficiently mm -hmm. within that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting because what I, I think a lot of, well, there's no politics in karate, which is fantastic, but a lot of there's a lot of things, uh, um, you know, if we're learning a cutter that was a hundred years old, we, we have evolved a hundred years in understanding biomechanics, body movement, yet a lot of traditionalists and whatever that word is, whatever that means for you might be, you know, might be different for you, me and, and Freddie down the road. But um, if, if we're not in improving in that 100 in 100 years then we're you know we're, we're doing kata that is 100 years old without really fully embracing the the way that we have learned how to move more efficiently so yes i agree completely so I, again you we, we we joked about i like to use analogies <laughs> yeah so if you look at the i can't remember the exact time off the top of my head but if you look at the uh, 100 meter the men's 100 meter olympic final from yep. back when the modern olympics started i believe it was in 1920 something yep that person probably wouldn't win a high school or a college championship in the united states today yeah, so yep yep right uh our physically we've changed our uh, nutrition has changed. We've improved our knowledge of sports science on biomechanics, mm. how to run. And so the speed at which the human being can run, even that short distance, has increased dramatically when we're talking about, for example, that at, at the, that elite level. Mm. And so yet, when we apply that concept to karate, everybody wants to lose their mind. Yep. Oh no, we can't. We can't apply, you know, modern spines or modern uh, biomechanical concepts to karate because that's not how my teacher, my teachers, 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 teachers learned it when uh, the 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 monk brought the sacred training scrolls down from the mountain and then bestowed them upon my sensei, 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 sensei. And so when oh, he was- my sensei too. We must have the same sensei, 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 sensei. It's entirely possible <laughs> that our sensei, 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 sensei was all the same. Yeah. But, you know, these traditionalists 
and and I have I have no I have no sympathy with that way of thinking. Mm. You know, you, you you even highlighted it. I train Okinawan kobojutsu. I train Yamane Ryu. Sometimes I think my Yamane Ryu, I put more emphasis on my bow than I do on my karate kata. And yep. yet I teach elite level athletes who want to be on the national team. Yeah. Uh, you know, my one of my uh, athletes won first place in team kata at the U.S. National Championships in 2019 and mm. got first seed at the U.S. team trials. Uh, wasn't able to compete because of, of uh, that year because of, of, of the Rona and everything. Mm. Yep. Um, that same time, one of my athletes made it on the junior national team. And this year, um, you know, nationals is in two weeks for us at the very beginning of September. And I have an athlete that has a very good chance of of placing or meddling in in both, you know, in, in hopefully uh, juniors as well as seniors. Yep. So, um, and yet, uh, I'm also teaching karate to my to my daughter who's in high school, and uh, we don't do any competition style uh, kumite or sparring. For her, it's straight uh, self defense and bunkai related things. You know, a lot. One of our last training days, we were doing you know blocking to trapping to. Uh, to a palm strike to the throat, to a takedown, to an arm bar. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, there, there's there's a dichotomy there, but you but can- The you concepts can, and principles are the same. The, 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 body the concepts and principles are the same. And so, but we don't apply, we, 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 you know, kind of back to what you were talking about is people start to lose their mind when we, when we try to apply that to Karate. Well, we do this way because this is the way I was taught. Yes, but do you know why you were taught that way? Yeah. People talk about how they're they're moving. Well, this is how we move. Well, people don't understand why they're moving the way they're moving. They don't understand the uh, or they haven't. They don't care. Or they haven't researched to think about when. Well, we move this way because our style does this, and we came this way. Well, the reason that you were moving was because that way is because karate was introduced into the university system in Japan, where which was very militaristic, mm. that they had uh, instituted throughout Japan. They had instituted the a Western way of movement, a Western type of military drill and physical training, because when they abolished the samurai class the people who were previously commoners wanted to, and they, they brought in all these military, Western military concepts into their physical training. And, and yep. the schooling was a process through the university and this, you know, uh, earlier school. And then what we would call elementary or high school in now is, and then into university. And so all of these things had a significant influence on karate's development. And we all know, you know, Itosu Sensei changed it for introduction to the Okinawan school system in 1904, 1905. And then it made further, further change away from what I would describe, or perhaps like what my sensei would describe as traditional bujutsu way of yeah. movement. When you talk to uh, traditional bujutsu practitioners in Japan, a lot of them don't consider karate mm -hmm. as a real bujutsu or real budo martial art. They yeah. consider it strictly a sport because of the way movement is being done and so when we when people don't understand why they're moving the way they're moving or how an alternative way of movement might be martially speaking more efficient or uh uh more practical and i hate yeah. that word as it relates to karate also 
they're not willing to accept it because it's that's not how we do it. Yeah. For example, I'll give you an example. Of course, uh, you will, yeah. The way, the way we the way we turn, or I'm sorry. For example, if you let's go, uh, you know, Fukugata Ichi or Kihongata Ichi or, or whatever. You know, you go to the left and you do Geranbarai. Then you step forward and you punch, and then you pull your front foot back to behind and do Geranbarai, and then you step forward and punch. Right, almost the same as uh, was a Pinan Shodan, right? Yep. I'm sorry, no, not Pinan Shodan. Um, Pinan Nidan. Or Heian Shodan. Yep. Heian Shodan, depending on whatever that kata. Yep. So, but when you think about it, when your right foot is in the front and then you pull your right foot back behind you. The position that you end up in, that you're allegedly doing your get on barai and to block, let's say, a maigeri, mm. the, the distance and the timing, you are moving to meet a kick that cannot touch you in your previous position. Yeah. Where you're facing the other direction, that person is kicking you, and we talked about center line before, if they're kicking you to trying to attack you, when they execute their kick, it is not physically possible for that kick to touch you. So yep. why are you moving to meet a kick to stop an attack that can't touch you? Okay. So, but when we when we when we try to explain things like that, it becomes you know well that's not how we move. Okay, but your the reason that you move doesn't meet doesn't match with the reality of the technique that you're trying to to do. You're moving to meet a technique, for example, that cannot touch. So why do you do that way? Why don't you move differently? Why doesn't? Why don't you pretend like the person can actually make contact with you and then try to do your move the way you do it? And maybe you'll realize that you need to move a little bit more efficiently or move differently. Yeah, and you okay. can still do your kata. And how do how do you? So if if you have an athlete who does shoranu um, simaha kata. Um, in competition, how do they go compared to your standard shitoru or standard shotokan, if there is such a thing, you know? Well, that's, that in and of itself is a whole nother, another topic of conversation. <laughs> what so, is standard shotokan kata? But yeah, yeah. So, um, right now, I have one athlete who is my direct personal student who does predominantly uh, our shimaha kata. Mm. And I would say that they are about 95% stylistically accurate. I've made, uh, I wouldn't say changes. I've say that I've tweaked it just, tweaked just a little bit for competition. And the example, the best example of that is the way we do shitoke. Yep. Uh, so when there's, a, when there's a move that has to be done in shitoke, then I do it, I have them do it what I would say is the studio way of doing shitoke, which is just slightly different. And so within the confines of that, there is uh, a little bit of variation, but I'm also very clear with them that this is what we do for competition, but in the dojo or, or regular training, it, 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 your regular mm. shimaha or, or, or shoten you practice needs to be a little bit different. Yeah. So, but the reality is, is I also try to minimize that as much as possible, because I believe that it's not so much the style or the kata. I believe it's the execution of the kata mm. that is. And so, and I'll give you, an, you, know, you know, again, another example from competition who in a previous um, 
competition didn't do very well and was make it made a comment on their social media about how it was their style that the judges don't um don't don't score favorably mm. and complaining about why people from this style don't win or don't score and um, my response to that type of thing is do better yeah, yeah. just do better because it's false mm. uh because uh one of the medalists in the olympics was from that same style did that oh, same yeah. same type of kata and they won yeah they uh somebody from that style that same athlete won a continental championships um a somebody from that style got second place in the all japan championships last year and so it's not about style it's about execution mm. and people who blame it on style need to do better so if, so if it's based on execution what um what are, what are things that people aren't doing good enough or well enough or too big too small thank you for listening to karate of a coffee and if you're enjoying the podcast and in getting something out of the episodes there are a few things you can do to help us if you don't already subscribe to us on youtube please do so we release these episodes every friday morning australian time plus we release some smaller espresso shots during the week on both our youtube channel and our facebook community group you can also subscribe to us on our apple or spotify leaving a five-star review will be very beneficial as well if you have any suggestions or topics or feedback or anything that you want to talk about please put it in our comment section on our karate over coffee community facebook group if you'd like to support us please visit our online shop where we have official karate over coffee shirts hoodies and mugs available your continued support is appreciated and a vital way for the podcast to keep moving forward thanks guys